Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. We back. We are back, indeed. Did you sleep at all? Yeah, I got some sleep. I slept so hard when I got back to my apartment yesterday. I went across the street, continued my reckless food behavior. Yeah. Got tacos, and uh, they have a new little stand. Is that the one by uh, Great White? Yeah. Dollar Tacos. How was it? Amazing. Great. $2 jambalaya tacos. Wow. Got four tacos, ate them, and just racked out for like two hours. So your idea of coming back and having a kale salad went out the window. I didn't have any food. (laughs) (laughs) I went full veggies. Did you? I'm I'm going I think I might I think I might be on like the master cleanse. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that the uh I passed the big Texan yet. I'm not sure that I birthed it. Really? Yeah. I feel like I have five pounds of beef still sitting or three and a half pounds, whatever I finished of beef still just sitting there. I was looking at colon cleanses in Venice on, on the way here. We were discussing yesterday in the Houston airport. I don't think we saw a vegetable the entire time we were in the state of Texas. No. Especially Houston. Tex- yeah, Houston. Like, Houston's airport, it's Chick-fil-A, Wendy's. I mean, I know we were in one specific terminal, but, like, they didn't have any. It was Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, Wendy's Panda Express. Panda Express. And a breakfast spot. Yeah. People are like, well, I'm feeling healthy today. Maybe Panda Express. <laughs> Get me some of that MSG. <laughs> Love it. Cleans me out. Uh, unbelievable. But it was a great trip, man. We uh, we crammed a lot into five days, and we both got to experience a couple new ballparks, and we also got to go to experience Houston for the first time. Yeah, I liked Houston a lot. Houston was cool. I Houston, a million greater signs than Dallas. Explain. I just think it's like a, a cool city. Like Dallas just feels so like blah. F- Dallas just does. Dallas doesn't feel like it has any personality other than like being like we're Dallas. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And they're like, I don't know. We're Dallas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, th- there's just nothing about Dallas that like. I've never liked Dallas. Well, I've been. That was my fourth time in Dallas. So I think we both at this point have. We have enough experience going to Dallas. First time in Houston. Dallas is just so spread out. So spread out, but there's also like, like, I've yet to find the place where it's like, hey, I'm on this street in Dallas. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, what? Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's no, nothing about it to me is like even that interesting. Now, Houston dirt like, balls. Like, the, the idea that the, like, the, the top visit in your city is like where the president got killed. We're probably missing late night spots. I'm sure there are some. 
We're old guys. We've done it a couple times now, though. True. I want to talk about Houston Dirtballs. Houston, at least there's like, it, it seems like there's a culture. Yeah. Houston Dirtballs get turned. Yeah. Houston, Houston, the Houston Dirtballs were strong. Very strong. Yeah. We went to Minute Maid Park. Shout out to our boy McKay. Yeah. Parker. Got us great seats. His uh, stepbrother works for the Astros. Yeah, that was dope. Just like me, you, Nick, and McKay sitting down the uh, down third, third base side. Sitting, sitting in short left, right in front of those Crawford boxes. And before you know it, dirt balls are rolling in. Yeah. Leo, Froy, come in our seats. We met Zach Bost and uh, his girl Savannah, Keenan. After the game, Dozier. I mean, the DMs were on fire. A lot, yeah. A lot of dirt balls were wanting to meet up. Uh, you got lit. Yep. Well, look, I'm uh, I'm not the kind of guy who turns down drinks when dirt balls. You know, that's the thing that the dirt balls want to do. And you, I think you'd be dead by now if you hadn't uh, become fully sober. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that last night on the flight back. Like, if I was still drinking... And everybody gave you the free drinks and the free shots, like I... And now, basically, I have to take I have to take it for everybody. You gotta go double. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, if you were doing it, I I just don't think you'd have made it. Yeah. At this point. I try to, I try to like, channel drunk Andy Ruther when the dirt balls get me all fucked up. I try to just do it the best for both of us, you know? Stumbling around, demanding food. The whole thing. You were you were on fire, bro. Tuesday night. I, you know, I took some videos, which which I have, of yeah. course. Um, is there any way we can play the audio of you in bed? No. You don't want me to play it? No. It's just audio. No. You don't want me to play it? Yeah. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen you do. You, I don't even know what I was doing. You 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 sound like Bill Cosby. But you're also saying to get food, and I said this will be the last I'm putting on the Thust Fund for the trip. But you also went Shakespeare? Dude, let me play it. Nah, I think we're good. Come on, Joe. It's just audio. Nah, it seems, seems like something that the dirtballs can pay for. You know? Seems like, seems, like, uh, seems like exclusive content. It's 26 seconds. Yeah, seems like exclusive content. What do the dirtballs need to do to get that audio? I don't know. We can you, you could you could decide that. Just doesn't seem like free. Doesn't see, it, that just seems like it should be behind a paywall. You know, if if dirtballs had come, the you know Zach and Keenan and Froy and Mackay and Leo and Digi, like those guys all got their fair share of well they got it of firsthand hot, of hot Joe Prano action. Ah, so we're saying you know what I mean? We're saying they showed up. Yeah, they were there. They got it. Now we're just now these guys came and they bought all the shots and they got tickets to the game for us and they got us beers at Eighth Wonder Brewery and all that and now we're just taking their experience and making it available for everybody. Okay. Seems seems reckless. Okay. You know? I'll decide then. I'll figure it out. Participation trophies now from the Dirty Sports Podcast? No, you know me, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> I feel ya. I, I can see that point of view. More people should have showed up. You were definitely in rare form. Uh, one of my favorite highlights was, I don't even know how it started. It might, was it me? Was it another dirtball? We all together at that Molly's pub in Houston started chanting, fuck Tiger Woods, 
And the whole pub was like, why are these guys chanting fuck Tiger Woods? It's great. But it was in unison. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a dirty sports dirt bonding. ball moment. Yes, dirty sports dirt ball bonding. Yeah. Everybody was fuck Tiger Woods. It was great. Yeah. I I gotta talk about Leo's girlfriend real quick. No. I hold, hold on. This this goes down in dirty sports history. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go t- in too detail. Uh, she she left him. She I think you should leave it at that. I think you should leave it at that. Hold on. I, 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 I this think is, this is all I want to say. I think you should clear. Yeah, I don't think you should be talking. I think this should be something that you run by him before. Maybe you can talk about it on next episode. All I want to say is this. I won't go into too much detail, but this is classic dirtball. She got mad at him and left him. He lives in College Station, which is about 90 minutes away yeah. from Houston. She took his car. He didn't even care. He stayed to hang out with us, and she drove 90 minutes back home. They lived together, and he didn't even care. That's all I want to say. That is some dirty sports shit right there, bro. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going down the full yeah. rabbit hole. I don't hole. think you want to put anybody's relationships, you know, details on, on I'm not. All I'm saying is I'm giving she, him love. She left him. He stayed. He stayed. Didn't even care. I said, dude, what's the Uber to get back? He didn't care. Turned down for never. I mean, you talk about turned down for never. Houston dirt balls, and we kept saying it that night, strong. Turned. Just a turned gang. And it was so great because it was like we got to go to an Astros game. Minute Maid Park's incredible. Like just the whole vibe. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're a Dallas dirt ball, like. We met a couple. Yeah, we met a couple. And it was fun. But like just in general, like, the, you know, I'm not. I'm not knocking the the Dallas Dirtballs who did come out. I'm knocking the city of Dallas and the Dallas Dirtballs who might be listening to this who didn't come out because Houston's a cool, fun city, and then the Dirtballs showed up strong. So it was like double down, you know? That eighth wonder brewery that Keenan suggested before the game was dope. Yeah. Uh, even like the walk from there to the ballpark, walking by a bunch of bars – cool graffiti, you know, just seems like it's a town that's got like personality, personality. Yeah. Dallas seems like a, like a Texas paint by numbers. The one knock I will have on Houston, actually same thing in Dallas was that the milkshake machine was broken at the Whataburger. I was trying to get you your root beer milkshake again. Yeah. I, I'm, ba- I Back to back nights, Jack in the box, then Whataburger. I mean the, the, the our ice cream machine is broken line from fast food restaurants is the greatest lie since I, I don't know what. Like the there's literally two possibilities. Every fucking lazy ass fast food worker doesn't want to work the milkshake machine. What goes or, in the milkshake machine that makes it that difficult? Is or my question. two or two, somebody is leaving fact trillions of dollars on the table. By not making a milkshake machine for fast food restaurants that doesn't break every six hours. But it only breaks at between midnight yeah. to it's 5 a.m. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like, if you don't want... I've worked at a restaurant where we made milkshakes by hand. We made hand milkshakes with, like, a fucking malt machine. Yeah. We never claimed the milkshake machine was broken. It's like, if you don't want to work there, don't work there. Yeah. I know. But don't provide just half of your shit. Burger machine's broken. Like, what? You're what a burger. 
Yeah. Offensive. I know. Very offensive. Jack in the Box does it. McDonald's does it. They all do it. Machine's broken. And like I said, it only starts at about midnight. Yeah. Machine works fine. If I went to Jack in the Box down the street, 1.22 in the afternoon here, it would work just fine. I feel like we need a DSPN investigates. Yeah. Oh, I would love to go fucking deep down. Like, if you're a dirtball and you work at a fast food restaurant or have in the past, like, phone line is open. We need calls about this. Like, when do you shut it down? Why do you shut it down? How often is it really broken? Like, how many times in your days of working in a Whataburger or a McDonald's or a Jack in the Box did that was the machine actually broken? And then what happens? Is there a fucking milkshake machine repairman that comes out and fixes this every six hours? That seems like a good gig, right? Can I get in the milkshake machine repair business? Seems like you'd be busy for days. 310-359-8365. I want to hear. I know we have dirtballs who have worked at fast food joints. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. I worked at McDonald's. Did you know that? No. I was hamburglar. For kids' parties. <laughs> I, I never revealed this. Is that true? Yeah. You're a hamburglar? Yeah. I worked at McDonald's for like five or six months in high school. Wow. I put on the outfit. You know, they had a giant playpen. Yep. Now, I, there's no mask to the hamburglar, right? You just wore like the black thing? No, I wore a whole... A whole head? Like, you go to a sports event? Yeah. I put on a whole costume. Now, it wasn't that the whole time. You take it off and you're, you know, you're bringing food to the kids for their parties or whatever. But I was always the guy who went in his hamburger. It's incredible. How often did the milkshake machine break while you were working there? That's what I'm trying to think. You know, obviously this is 20 plus years ago when I worked at McDonald's. I don't remember it really breaking. I don't remember that being an issue. Wow. This is uh, this is like NBA basketball players. The only things that have not improved since the 90s. NBA basketball players and the milkshake machines at fast food restaurants. Yeah. Sam Tripoli's like, the, the milkshake machines from today could never handle the 90s. Kids were coming in there getting milkshakes all day. The hand checking that kids were doing to these milkshake machines. No way they survive. Yeah, I don't know. But Joe's right. Leave. A By the way, that's my officially, it's my official unofficial last Sam Tripoli restaurant uh, or reference on the Dirty Sports Podcast. I've stepped away. Okay. I've stepped away from Sam Tripoli. He tried to claim that the Rick Smith, Reggie Miller, like Pacers were some sort of great team that LeBron James couldn't handle. I was like, at this point. You're trolling, or you're drunk, or you're delusional, or you have a heroin addict addiction. But one thing's for sure, you're fucking lost. So that's it. I'm out. I'll be saying my final piece on Chris Wilde's Clipcast. Please do. And, and, and that's it. And, 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 but I mean, I mean, please do, because I agree. And also, don't bother on Twitter with him, because it's, it's the same rabbit hole you don't want to go down. But now we have been to a lot of stadiums, Joe. I yeah. got a DM. I want to bring this up because we're at the point where we can start really ranking, I think, the stadiums we've been to, baseball stadiums. I have been to 13 stadiums. I thought it was 12. I was wrong. I counted. I've been to 13. You've been to 17 ballparks. So you're half. You're past the halfway point of 30 teams. And people want to know, like, they were all curious, where do you rank Minute Maid Park? And so I thought we could both discuss this on the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to like, I'd have to sit down with my list and put it in an order. 
But I can say this. So as I look at my list, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, Phillies, Orioles, White Sox, Cubs, Reds, Astros, Rangers, Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Padres, A's, Rockies, Mariners. Um, The top of that class for me is of uh, if I was going to put them in group, like elites, greats, goods, you know, bads. Uh, I I might have to revisit Camden. Camden was my first, you know, Camden was the first retro ballpark. Yeah. Um, it, it set the standard. Um, maybe having experienced that before experiencing all these other ones that have come since it. But I mean, you also have to give it a little bit of a boost for doing that. Sure. But, uh, Camden's up there for me. Uh, Minute Maid was incredible. It was up there for me. Um, Giants ballpark up in San Francisco is up there for me. Uh, Padres. See, this is what Padre, I want. Pa- Padres Mets are my next group. Padres Mets, Rockies. Well, well, let me ask you this because we've experienced a lot of the same stadiums. As I look on the list, me versus you. Basically, I have never done any or any uh, of the East Coast of the East Coast, except which, for the Mets, which you have on me, and then I have a few of the Midwest on you. Like, where do you compare Petco and San Diego versus Minute Maid in Houston? Uh, I I think I think the Padres. I think Petco's in a great stadium uh, class, but I don't think it's an elite stadium. Yeah, I would I would give a slight nod. The, you know, I think I think to Minute Maid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. San, we, San Diego we, gets it gets health because great location, great weather. But do you hold that against a team that doesn't? play in Southern California. I, I think the thing about the Padres and the Mets uh that that give it both a boost is I like stadiums where if you're waiting online for beer or a hot dog, you still see the game. I like I like open corridor stadiums. Obviously that's something that has hurt that has been changed significantly since the older stadiums. Even Arlington, you know, we just yeah. went down to uh, Globe Life Park, or whatever the hell it's called. You got to go through a tunnel, yeah, to open up to see the game. I walked around the entire stadium with Nick D'Alessandro, and yeah, even and that was built in '94. Even Houston doesn't have a super open feel to it when you're in the corridors. But what makes Minute Maid Park special is how small it is because it's this retractable dome. They squeeze everything in. You can see up in the top where they're where they're cutting off rows, where they're cutting off in the angles. Like it's not a massive stadium. Um, the way those boxes in left push up on the field gives it an extra special vibe. The way that the wall where the train is pushes up onto the field, like it's very tight in. I actually felt you were like t- saying like how this blows you know, city field out of the water and all that, and I and I was there actually like from an actual like stadium construction feel. It's very similar, except uh, city field goes up a ton and out a ton, whereas the wall uh, where Houston it like basically on all sides, it's just got walls that like make it really tight and compact. And the roof opening and closing is ridiculous. It's just a fantastic ballpark. That outfield view in Houston where you're basically hovering over the outfield and the outfielders, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I loved it. And not that I didn't dislike, not that I disliked Arlington where the Rangers play. It's just, it's so big 
And I don't know how they've done it all these years with the Heat. Yeah. You know, we went to Monday night's game. You know, it's 95 to 100 degrees. You're just sweating your nuts off. Yeah. I don't know how the players have done it all these years. Played in August and September in that park. It's just too damn hot. And that we went to that after we recorded the podcast, right? After we recorded the last podcast? Yeah. So we were blessed with Adam Hamari umping third base. Oh, yeah. And uh, us having happened to be having seats on the third base line. It was just kismet. So we tried to thoroughly ruin Adam Hamari's life the whole night. We also maybe ruined the lives of a lot of people sitting on our section, but that was... Uh, that was interesting. So from the get-go, there was Adam Hamari sucks and Adam Hamari troll jobs going the yeah. entire game. Yeah. It took until the eighth inning for someone else to say something. Yeah. Some girl was like, I don't think he heard you. Yeah. Well, it was uh, – I'm glad it didn't start earlier because, we, I, you know, we really – I really stuck with it. A couple guys got involved. We, we I, met some guys from Nebraska. We met some guys in Nebraska. Hopefully they figured out how podcasts work and they're listening to this. Probably they, not. They looked like guys who were going to want to fight me if I did it the whole game. So I, I reached out to them early and I explained – uh, I lied to them and said Adam Hamari sexually assaulted my sister in high school. I want to I want to just tell then, from my perspective. Yeah, we sit down. We're second row, third base uh, side. You know, halfway between what third base and left field. Instantly, Joe wastes no time. He tells these guys that, "Hey guys, the whole game I'm going to be heckling the third base umpire. He sexually assaulted my sister in high school." And Which was a lie. I only hate him because he threw out Noah Syndergaard for missing Chase Utley with a pitch. But I didn't think that these guys from Nebraska, who didn't even seem to be super baseball fans, were really going to jump on board to that campaign. No. So I knew, I knew I had to take it to another level, and I knew having them on my side was going to be helpful. Now, me, Nick, and your buddy Mark all looked at each other and all started smiling like, wow, Prano went for it. And the minute you said that, they started yelling They moved at him. to the front row. Yeah. They moved from the third row to the front row. They got another guy on board, and we were off and running. Yeah. And then, and then they were getting, and then we were getting good. Adam Hamari doesn't return his shopping carts. Adam Hamari's favorite Backstreet Boy is Brian. Just like every, like just the rudest. What's wrong with Brian, by the way? Well, he's 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 no he's no one's favorite Backstreet Boy, who's right? Your, who's your favorite Backstreet Boy? I mean, I think I think if you, I don't have a favorite Backstreet Boy, but I think. The, the odd man out here, like, you, if you told me your favorite Backstreet Boy was Nick Carter, I'd be like, oh, you like the pretty boy types, you know? If you are if you said your favorite Backstreet Boy Kevin. was Kevin, I'd be like, oh, the fucking dark, I shadowy types. You, so you're telling me you, you think Brian goes above Howie? Or, I'm sorry, is worse than Howie? I mean, I, I'm not ranking them, but it just it seems like who's favorite, you know? Like, who's going into an ice cream stand and being like, I just want vanilla? Okay. In a cup. Okay. You know? Oh, and I forgot Mitch was there. Jesus, I totally forgot Mitch. Oh, yeah. How am I forgetting? Sorry, Mitch. So so, so we were all on board. Yeah. And uh, where did we get those amazing tickets? Adam Amari thinks his CVS receipt should be longer. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a 100 emoji. We got, uh, and we got, we got their, uh, the Angels third baseman laughing at Hamari. We did. It was pretty great. Pretty great time so, had by all. So it was me, you, Mitch, Nick, your buddy Mark, and we all got our tickets on SeatGeek. SeatGeek! That's right. Second uh, row, third baseline. 15 bucks a ticket. 
We're not even exaggerating. Yeah. M- Mitch got him. Shout out to Maniacal Mitch. He's like, I'm going to use the code. I'm here in the States. Obviously, they don't have baseball in Australia. So we use the code. We use the SeatGeek $10 off code, what, two hours before the game started? Yeah. Not even. And uh, we got to our seats. And like I said, it, it's a pretty ballpark. And I'm sure that the new one will be even better with the roof. But Dirtballs, if you haven't used SeatGeek, I don't know what you're waiting on because SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY. That's D-I-R-T-Y for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And uh, SeatGeek's been great. It's been able to get Joe and I to a combined 30 ballparks. And if you use that code, send me a screenshot and I will send you two koozies in the mail. Yeah, I'm looking at our list of ballparks again just because of the of the DM that you got. And yeah, do you want, do you I, want to hear my bottom ones? Yeah, sure. My bottom ones of the third So this is the 13 I've been to real quick. Astros, Rangers, Angels, Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, White Sox, Dodgers, Giants, Mets, Indians, Padres, Diamondbacks. Can I guess your three bottom? Reds? Is Reds on your three bottom? Yeah. White Sox? See to me, I I would put the Reds, the White Sox, the Phillies in a class of ballparks where like they did the new retro thing, but it's n- but there's nothing interesting about them. Yeah. What's interesting? What stood out to you about the White Sox ballpark? Nothing in particular. Same as Reds, like even at the Reds game, like not like they've got the whole like white situation out in the outfield, but it's like that's Okay, you know? They got the smokestack, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I put Angels up there, to be honest. I think Angel Stadium is lame. Yeah, well, Angel Stadium is old That and whole lame. thing that they're doing with the rocks and the water. No, I, I it, there's... And honestly, it's not even the Angels' fault. It's just like, they're trying, but... I'd probably they, they put st- those three. For me, the ones I've been to. I'd put Angels, Reds, White Sox. I got to go to St. Louis again. You know, I've been to, I don't know, I think I've only been to maybe two games in the new park, went to a bunch in the old one. But I'll be honest, I think St. Louis is kind of like that Reds thing where you're like, okay, you got a team with a ton of history. They've always been good. It's kind of cookie cutter. Yeah, I haven't been to St. Louis. Uh, obviously, you, you've got the Red Sox and the Cubs. Those stadiums are uh, those stadiums are old, and, you know, the history is what makes them special. Uh, I I enjoy going to Dodgers Stadium more than I enjoy going to Red Sox or Wrigley, to Fenway or Wrigley. I, I prefer Dodger Stadium as far as old stadiums go. At least it's open. It's pretty. Um, it's it's just got a better vibe in my opinion. But I, obviously those three all come with history. Oakland Athletics Ballpark is the worst ballpark I've probably ever been to. Yeah. Um, Mariners and Rockies are to me in that sort of middle group. It's like I like both of those ballparks a lot. Uh, I like how they fit into their cities, um, but like I'm not like I don't have like a boner for them. Maybe like Mariners, Rockies, Padres. Obviously, I have you know I I'm a Mets fan and I have a little bit of bias, but I do think what makes I think what makes the Mets ballpark interesting in terms of being a, a sort of a maybe a little bit of a cookie cutter new old ballpark is the everything that happens in that right field, whether it be 
the Pepsi porch, now the Coca-Cola porch. Um, you've got the bullpens that everything is sitting on top of that are nice, and you, and you have your seats that are under there. Then you have the big uh, throwback to Shea Stadium right field board, which mirrors on the other side. I think a lot of people who don't, who haven't gone to the ballpark and just see it on TV don't know. In me, that's the single best aspect of City Field is they mirror that thing on the other side, and they have a big – Everything's New York out there. New York beer stands, Shake Shack, New York barbecue, New York pizza, New York food. So all of that sets like a really great area for like saying, hey, we're going to hang here and watch a game. It overlooks the center field, right field area. I think that's what sets, you know, City Field apart. Um, and then Yankee Stadium. Well, honestly, trashest new stadium there is. That is not a New York bias. I loved old Yankee Stadium. The problem with the new Yankee Stadium is they tried to make it look like old Yankee Stadium, which is cool, but they use you use none of the modernizations architecturally or how people enjoy watching baseball. You just recreate. Should just kept your old fucking stadium. Be Fenway, be Wrigley. It's Yankee Stadium. Put ten billion dollars into a remodel and just. Build from the same footprint, but to like build a new stadium that doesn't improve upon anything we've learned about stadiums yeah. is, is is reckless and stupid. So that's my list. Elites on my list: Baltimore, San Francisco, Astros. Those are those are those are the tops. Yeah. Elites on my Giants. I'd put Dodgers on my elite. I love Dodger games, man. It sucks to get there. Parking's a nightmare to leave. But like you said, I think the atmosphere, the history, looking out at Chavez Ravine in the background, it's a gorgeous park to see a game yeah. at. But we, we, we got more to go, Prano. I think this kind of wet our appetite a little for future tours. I've I've looked at my list. I'm I'm I've obviously not touched Florida and I haven't touched Atlanta, but otherwise it's this fucking loop in the middle. It's just quality of life Cle- territory. The Clevelands, the Minnesotas, the Milwaukee's, the St. Louis, Pittsburgh, the Kansas City, the Pittsburgh. Yeah, the old quality of life belt. We we should call it the we should do that next quality summer. Quality of life baseball tour. The quality of life baseball at, tour. We hit an Applebee's and a stadium in every city. Three for 20, two for 20, whatever it is. How many do you get for 20 at Applebee's? I think it's two for 20. Two for 20 in a stadium. Yeah. You know? Quality of life. That'd be a great sponsorship. Yeah. At least at Applebee's you can get a goddamn salad. If you say so. (laughs) I'm assuming. I mean, I'm assuming you can. Texas was fun, though, guys. Again, we can't thank everybody enough who showed up from Amarillo down to Houston. It was a nonstop fun five days and i really want to give a special shout out to nick delessandro for working his ass off he filmed everything he's still editing he's got a bunch of videos that are gonna be coming out this week and i want him out here i really do i'm, I'm making that push tug and i have been on him i think you know and i i think the dance with nick of getting him out here is part of the fun so I think he was having such a great time, and he was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to do it. That we, I, I had to make it a little bit more interesting. Last night, just get hammered, cause a scene, cause a ruckus, keep him out a little too late, put, you know, put the pedal to the metal. And now he's like, ah, ah, I don't know if I can go on a ballpark tour with these guys again. 
We only did three stadiums. Yeah, he Prano saw, lost it at the end. He saw uh, he saw it's lit, fam. Prano. Yeah, for sure. But it was a great trip, and like I said, thanks to everyone. A, a shout out to the the Knicks, the Nick, the Nick Yardley, Nick D'Alessandro duo on this just like brought the brought the flames. Yeah, and Joe and I have said after this experience we had in Amarillo with the Sod Poodles, we're not against doing a minor league tour <laughs> because. It's just a different experience when you go to a minor league ballpark. Now, I think we were lucky in the fact that the people of Amarillo really back their team. They sell yeah. out all their games. They have a great, loyal following. And I'm sure a lot of minor league teams don't have that. But, hell, man, if people want to invite us, we'll show up. For sure. Let's talk some NFL, Prano. Let's do it. Did you watch Hard Knocks last night? I did. Did you? I did. Okay, you did. I, didn't, I wasn't going to think you had time. I did. I watched Hard Knocks. Worst season of Hard Knocks I've ever seen. It's up there, man. Most boring. Nothing. Literally nothing happens. They, Gruden hasn't fucking cut a single person. Cut, they cut one guy. And they didn't even show it. He's not cutting anybody. The, basically, it's the John Gruden show. It's like the five minutes you get of Gruden just Grudening. And they have Frank Caliendo this week doing a Gruden impression. I'm not going to lie. That, that as, as you're... Fucking co-host on this show. That crushed me. Seeing Caliendo do not only Gruden, but his Stephen A. Smith was not good. No. His Stephen A. Smith is atrocious. Not good at all. His Gruden is great. His Gruden is impeccable. His yeah. John Madden is amazing. But it's his Barkley suspect. His Stephen A. Smith, one of the worst things I've ever seen. I, I was I was like get Joe Prano in there. This is why I don't do guys I can't do. That's why like you'll be like, hey, you should do so and so. Like, I don't do fucking yeah. You know, I don't do Madden. Boom! Like that's it. That's all I got. Tough acting, ten acting. Like I don't know. Yeah. That's why you don't do that <laughs> shit. Yeah, man. I I just I don't know why they're writing the storyline this way. There's a few players. Take Vontez Perfect. They, they're not even gonna mention. But let uh, let's talk about this. Who is a storyline in the show? It's Antonio Brown. And, and like, name another player. You're like, oh, I wonder if that. Like, they introduced Waller last night. They introduced Waller and uh, Luke Wilson. Yeah, it's like a tight end bonanza last night. But, like, there's no story yeah. at all. It's just, it's just Gruden for five minutes up front. And like it's not, and he's not even that interesting. I mean, Gruden's a great guy. Yeah, you, you gotta love Gruden. He just seems like a good dude. He seems like a guy you'd want to play for. Um, he seems like he's a fun coach. He seems like he really loves it. He loves being out there. He's definitely a player's coach. He likes, you know, chopping it up with the guys and whatever. But like, that's not that interesting. And nothing's happening on the whole show. Well, I don't care about the Glennon Peterman. Fucking yeah, that bores me. Thing. That bores me. Because guys, they're both trash. Like it, that—that's essentially the storyline. Is Gruden's like, like all I think about whenever I watch that fucking storyline is like, man, Colin Kaepernick would really kick up the hard knocks, you know, fucking drama, right? Why didn't they bring him in for hard knocks? Uh, and it's Antonio Brown. He's there. He's not there. He's there. He's not there. It's the helmet. It's the feet. It's the helmet. But it's even the feet. that's not that interesting. And the fact that John Gruden. Because no one gives a shit. The fact that John Gruden in the show clearly has Antonio AB's Brown back, back. Yeah. Like he has his back 100%. Yeah. 
There's no wavering at all, so there's really no storyline. And then the Mike Mayock, uh, like clip we get is literally the clip from Sports Center. Like I already saw him say this. Hard Knocks isn't getting any extra access with like talking to the GM. Like, hey, you just said he's either in or he's out. What's happening? Like, it's a terrible. Well, the season. reason I bring up Vontez Perfect. He literally killed Antonio Brown in the 2015 NFL playoffs. Yeah. Now they're teammates. You're you're not even going to mention that through three episodes? Yeah. At least try to create some drama. They're they're trying to turn Richie Incognito into British royalty. Yeah. He's all prim and proper. It's terrible. Walking in good day, sir. It's terrible. It's not good, man. Which sucks because on paper... Everybody was like, oh, the Raiders... They're not even talking about them moving to Las Vegas. Yeah. They're not even talking about their last season in Oakland. Hard Knocks should have, HBO should have offered to pay Marshawn Lynch's salary for the year and be like, guys, we know you're not going to play him. We know it doesn't matter. Like, just put him on the team. We'll give you $5 million if you have Marshawn Lynch on the roster just for training camp. Yeah. It's been pretty boring. It's been atrocious. It's the worst season of Hard Knocks that I can remember. You know how I know it's bad? Out of two of the three episodes, I've started, stopped, to then finish the next night or later that night. I can't get through 60 straight minutes. Yeah. Because I'm too bored. Yeah. And I think that's a maybe a microcosm of how they're going to be as a team. You think they're going to be what? Boring? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man. I still think Antonio Brown. I'm still I'm still doubling down on him having a good year. I got that bet with Nick D'Alessandro. Yeah, him and Juju. I'd be willing to bet he has more yards than uh, your boy Odell Beckham Jr. Too. Well, there's also that he will be the one. He'll be their guy. You that's know, what, that's they, what I'm saying. They have Renfro. He'll be their guy, but. Uh, I don't know. That that's that's an interesting bet too. I mean, Landry's going to get Landry's a guy who just gets he has the most receptions ever in 5 years. Um so there you know, he's going to get fed the ball a little bit too. It's a good question. Uh But well that's a good segue to talk Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Yeah. I just I I just don't like him. I I was losing my mind the other day in Houston after his latest comments about Daniel Jones. I just Guys, I don't know how many times we're going to say this. And, and, and it's amazing because Breaker has so many defenders. Name another quarterback. But now, I mean, you were obviously proven wrong, but you were Mr. Manziel. You were on the Manziel train. He was right, doing no, the I, was on, I was on the Manziel train in 2014, dude. Right. I'm saying when he was coming to the league and talking a bunch of shit and playing for the Browns. I was off the Manziel train instantly when he started playing. I'm saying but, like... But, but my, I guess my point is you were on the train of like... Loudmouth QB. Five years ago, I was on the train of one guy that I liked a lot in college. But you don't like you don't dislike Baker Mayfield's game. You dislike his attitude. His game is all right, but I think this is ultimately. I- I've said it, and I'll say it again. Name me not even just like an elite quarterback. Name me any quarterbacks who are caring this much about a Colin Cowherd, about Instagram, about Twitter. Dude, they don't. 
I actually went through and I looked today. I started looking at what you would call top 15 quarterbacks. None of them are doing that. Russell Wilson's busy quoting, doing Jesus tweets, you know, on par. Same for like Derek Carr. It's like you, you have those guys who, who I think we, we decided, which I thought was great in Texas. If you're a Jesus-loving quarterback, you're so boring. Right? Yeah, I mean, they're the opposite end of the thing. The there's Derek a, Carrs, the Russell yeah. Wilsons, those type of guys. But my point is this with Baker Mayfield. He's got this, I got a chip. Dude, you were the number one pick. Right. You weren't Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round. Yeah. You weren't Aaron Rodgers who sat in the green room looking like an asshole until he's picked by the Packers. Yeah, it, it, it's weird that that's his thing, like that he's got something Me to Me against the world. You were picked one. Yeah, one. First overall, and they no one believes in me. Well, you were picked one, so apparently people do. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I don't like Baker Mayfield's attitude, and and honestly, the 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 Daniel Jones thing, it's like it's it's a perfect example of Baker Mayfield. It's like talk shit, then it became a thing, then you back down. It's like like I like the Baker Mayfield news cycle of like. Say something, regret saying it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, it's taken out of context. Well, here's the thing. You brought up Daniel Jones. So that's not taken out of context. What you said about him is taken out of context, what you, whatever, that's fine. But you did for another guy exactly what you're claiming, even though you're a one, people are doing you, which is like, they didn't believe. Like, why is he, why are you saying his name? Like, why did he come out? And it's like, you can say the quote that you made after it came out of context, but you brought him up in an interview about you. You brought up the Giants quarterback and who they drafted. And and the fact that winning was in there and the whole, like, it's just... I want to talk about the winning thing. Daniel Jones went 17-19 and 19 at Duke. A historically terrible football program. You went 34-6 and six at Oklahoma. Big fucking deal, dude. No offense to Baker. I want to see what all the quarterbacks before you did. All I'm saying is this. You played at a great football program. He played at Duke. And newsflash to Baker, you didn't win anything. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, the winning didn't help Rex Grossman or Warfel or Josh Heupel or... Think about all the guys who came from the whatever SEC school. Gino was, Toretta. Uh, Gino Toretta. Ken Dorsey. Leinert. Like, think about all the guys. Vince Young. All the people that play for these schools that just have these runs of dominance. How did it work out? I have said it's the Joe Prano theory on quarterbacks. I want a guy who had adversity at the college level. I want a guy who played in a big conference but not on one of the best schools and had to deal with that. I like that Drew Brees got beat up by fucking Michigan and Ohio State and Notre Dame and all these teams that are, like, going after Purdue. I like that fucking, you know, uh, Eli Manning was on a doormat SEC team because it's like, yo, he had to go out there and survive Florida and survive Alabama and survive all these fucking teams. And, Aaron Rodgers, Cal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just a, a, a Pac-12 doormat. Guess who like, else had a losing record, by the way, during their college career at Stanford? Yeah. John Elway. 
John Elway had a losing record at Stanford. So like this, but it, but but just look at the name me the great Ohio State quarterbacks. Name me the great SC quarterbacks. Name me the great Florida quarterbacks. Name me the great Alabama quarterbacks. Name me the quarter. Name me a great quarterback in the last twenty years from a massive winning organization. Deshaun Watson. Okay. Trying to think who else. First of all, is uh, is have we? And it, Andrew Luck. Andrew he Luck. He didn't win a title, but they were like top five a lot. And is there some portion of both of those guys that are sort of responsible for their programs being good? What do like, you mean? Like, how good was Stanford before Andrew Luck? And how good has Stanford been after Andrew Luck? How good was Tennessee before Peyton Manning for 10 years and after Peyton Manning for 10 years? They won a title after he left. With yeah. T. Martin. Right. And, and Clemson won a title with the other kid. But, like, there's some part of it where it's like those guys are sort of the face of those schools' programs for, like— Andrew Luck is Mr. Stanford. Andrew Luck is the reason Stanford is on the map since John Elway. Essentially. Yeah. Right? And then that leads to the, you know, McCaffrey's coming. That, like, Deshaun Watson being fucking incredible leads to guys going there. Like, I, but also, is Deshaun Watson an elite NFL quarterback? He needs yeah. to stay healthy. Yeah. I, I'm just saying... Year like we have Ohio State, we have we have two decades of Ohio State. Where is the great quarterback? Where is the great SC quarterback? Where's the great floor? Where's the great Alabama? Can you can you name three Alabama quarterbacks from this run? AJ McCarron. Yep. Greg McElroy. I think calls games now. Uh, oh my God, this is bad. AJ Mc in the last ten years. AJ McCarron, Greg McElroy. I think that's about five year, five or six years with the starters. Um, Sims, the black dude who won a title. I don't think he made it to the Tua, who's still there. Hurts. Jalen Hurts, who's now. Um, he transferred. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't pan out in the NFL. That's for sure. I just my thing about Baker Mayfield is why is he even mentioning um, Daniel Jones' name? Because he's a fucking he's a he just wants headlines. He always has. He always will. He demands them. But you already. If people stop but, talking, but, but he's gonna, and honestly, that's something that's coming from the Browns right now. The Odell did the fucking the Odell thing that the, the New York sent me there to die. Like, look, do I think that the uh, front office of the New York Giants is killing the game lately? No, but they're not so dumb as to think that Cleveland is a like. They're aware of Cleveland's defense. They're aware that Cleveland has Baker Mayfield and Landry and. The fucking, you Hunt. know, uh, like all like and Joku, nobody is going like uh, we're sending him to this cesspool. If they wanted 
the whole Odell Beckham Jr. comments about sending to Cleveland to die. If they want him to die, they send him to Miami. You know, they send him to a team that is going nowhere for a minute. My mom just sent me a weird message. Call me. You're on NFL Live. What? Did they tap into the Dirty Sports YouTube? I don't know. I hate to say it, but it it, it, it I want to see him fail. I don't normally want to see players fail, but he just he just something about him just gets under my skin. And I feel like this is I hate to bring I bring it up again. But I feel like this is I feel like this is like Manziel backlash. I feel like you got burned so hard with Manziel, you're like I am not doing this again. You're like Manziel too. I'm I'm ju- I'm getting off the train real early on Manziel too. I think Baker Mayfield's a significantly better quarterback than Johnny Manziel. I hated Manziel he is. coming out of college. I'm, I'm not denying that. He had a, Baker had a great rookie year. I'm not denying that. I just I just don't get this again this mentality of like be against the world, dude. You were taking one overall and you had a good year. Just shut the fuck up. Plain and simple. Like, I don't know, man. But I, I was looking at the YouTube comment section. Maybe she's talking about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, probably. Probably, right? Yeah, since you look. Is it possible that my mom confused Aaron Rodgers in the mustache for me? I, I saw a new conspiracy. We've never seen Joe Prano and Aaron Rodgers in the same room at the same time. Is Joe Prano Aaron Rodgers vice versa? People have seen me and Aaron Rodgers in the same room at the same time. Oh, yeah. You went to the Super Bowl party. No, I was. Uh, he, he played in the golf tournament the last couple of years. I, in fact, in fact uh, I think there's video of me from this year's golf tournament, me taking video of Aaron Rodgers teeing off. Okay, so we have, we have visual evidence. Yeah. So, so I, hey, I— like would I? I would love the claim to be Aaron Rodgers, but sadly, I think it's actually worse. I think Aaron Rodgers just stealing my essence. Like, bro, get your own personality. Yeah, cheese guy, or at least throw me a couple bucks. I'm over here fucking starving, and <laughs> and, and meanwhile, meanwhile, you're racking up headlines by being like, "Hey, I'm gonna dress like Joe Prano today, set the world on fire." Like, bro, throw me a fucking bone. It is a shame that the day he dressed in that outfit was the day we were leaving Texas. Yeah. My one buddy who listens to the show texted me today. He said, you need to get Prano in that exact same outfit. And I thought, man, if we were still in Texas, how easy would that have been to just go shopping? Yeah. Because then we could have had. You already had the bolo tie. Yeah. We could have had Lil Tex and Big Tex. I'm going to drop out that album, bro. <laughs> so apparently Zeke was offered a contract. Okay. I don't know why this isn't in the news. Maybe because it's coming from Ed Warder. Talk about a cheddar dick. He's like the definition of cheddar dick. He tweeted today the most recent offer would make him the second highest paid running back in the National Football League behind Gurley 
and Le'Veon Bell. He'd be in between them. So Gurley's making $14.4 million on average, and Le'Veon Bell is making thirteen point one. And the rumor is he was offered something in between those two. What say you, Joe Prano, on that? Uh, I think that both of those guys are better than Ezekiel Elliott. I think Saquon's better than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Zeke's a great running back. There's no doubt about that. But I think in terms of just the dynamic presence of these running backs who are able to catch the ball out of the backfield is where you're going is, – is the reason that the, the running back position um, is having a resurgence because we – like we've talked about, you can do the running back by committee thing. They can get 90% of Ezekiel Elliott's production from two guys – that uh, from two guys that cost them 10% of the money. Yeah. You can't I – think, I think the Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champs if Todd Gurley was healthy. I think – Really? Yeah. You, you believe that? Yeah. I think that they were – like, look at what the Rams were able to do last year. And, and this is a great example of – Ezekiel Elliott, they fucking got old fucking Flipper Anderson and they plugged him in and he got, you know, 80% of the fucking what Gurley was able to do on the ground. But what these running backs, some of these running backs were able to do in terms of breakout ability, the ability to get the ball and go to the house, the ability to line up in the slot, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Zeke's fine at it. But he's just not on the level of those other guys. And I think if you're just going to be a downhill back behind a great offensive line, look, get all the money that you want. I, I say this again as a Giants fan. I hope, they give him, I hope they give him $25 million a year. But I don't think he's better than either of those guys that they're sandwiching, sandwiching him in between. Now, Le'Veon Bell sat out last year, so hard to say what the fuck's happening. But like, it's just, uh, in my opinion, a more dynamic player. I think they're all pretty similar. I think I might w- actually like to watch Le'Veon the most of those three from a visual standpoint. Zeke's is still pretty good out of the backfield to catch balls. But I- I'd love to see Ezekiel Elliott's like big, you know, long scoring plays last year. I'd like to know how many times, you know, he broke off a 60-plus yard touchdown run. He only had six touchdowns last year. He had 1,434 yards. I mean, he still caught... Dude, he still caught 77 balls for 567 yards. How many How many TDs on the receiving end? Three. So he had no. So he didn't. So he had three and six rushing touchdowns. So he had nine. Yeah. Now, when it comes to rushing, as far as yardage, his longest run was 41. So he doesn't have the breakaway. The year before, his longest run was 30. The year before was 60. 
So he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that, you know, I'm just going to break away. But if you compare, and I'll pull it up, I'll pull up Gurley's stats. If you pull them up side by side, Gurley had 59 receptions for 580 yards. He had 77 for 567. So yardage is very similar. Gurley's long was only 36 last year. They're similar. They're pretty similar. So I don't know. Do you want to do dirtball calls? Is is, uh, is Ezekiel Elliott the best running back in his division? Well, obviously, I, I, I like Saquon better. I've said that. It, it it just comes from a like a value set. like how how do you do you make if you I'll just ask you a plain simple you're the you're the Cowboys owner do you make Ezekiel Elliott the highest paid running back in football no so you say we're not going to pay you that much hold out do the Le'Veon thing leave we don't care goodbye I would that's just me. I, I think the Cowboys had, I think Jerry Jones has a lot more leverage than Ezekiel Elliott has. I mean, like you said, Gurley went down. Dude, they were still winning. They were getting 100, 150 yards from Anderson. Obviously, he's not as dynamic as Gurley, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. But, dude, if you have a good O line, guys can play. Especially if Zeke doesn't have the breakaway speed, and he doesn't. So we agree. Yeah. I wouldn't pay him. I'd pay him if I were them. Give him all the monies. <laughs> yeah. Will Patrick Young, Patrick Chung, play for the Patriots this year? So he got busted for a cocaine possession? Last June. Okay. It's just now coming out. Cocaine possession. Where did this happen? Up in New Hampshire where he lives. Just got picked up a little coke. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, to me, Bill Belichick's kind of a wild card. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I really don't I really don't think that he gives a shit at all. Like, I feel like if Patrick Chung was on the Jets and they cut him because he got busted for cocaine, he'd be a Patriot within days. Like, I feel like Bill Belichick just cares if you can play or not. I mean, for God's sakes, Bill Belichick's even a name we know because of a, a cocaine-riddled linebacker. Yeah. Like, without Lawrence Taylor and cocaine, is Bill Belichick a name that you've ever heard of in your life today? Like, you got to start somewhere. And the somewhere was being the defensive coordinator with the best defensive player ever high on cocaine. Yeah. I think Patrick Chung does play for the Patriots this year. But I don't. I can't tell you a whole lot about their defensive backfield and its uh, and its depth charts. But I think if he, th- I think if he thinks that he can help the team at all, that he'll play. Shout out to Cocaine making a comeback. <laughs> yeah. Right. I bet it's everywhere up there. New Hampshire, bunch of rich white people. Yeah. When they run out of Adderall, they just go like Cocaine. They're like, well, you know. We try to go prescription style when we can, but when in doubt, let's get some Southie guys to bring us some stepped-on Coke. Do people snort Adderall? Yeah, people do. They do? Yeah. I've never tried Adderall, ever. Like, like, what's the effect? 
You're just you're just all wired. Well, you I mean, did you ever do any of this? Any of those ADD, Ritalin, no. any of that stuff? Never tried them. I mean, it, it's supposed to help you kind of lock in if that's your uh, yeah if that's your issue. But then there's people who don't require it and they just take it for the fucking for the juice. Do you uh, want to discuss the Jay Z thing briefly before we get to dirtball calls? Sure. Because I don't really have much of a stance on it. This all happened when we were in Texas. Yeah. He has a partnership now with the NFL. He had a meeting and a press conference with Roger Goodell. It wasn't a video live. They took questions. There's been a huge fallback. You know, a lot of you have opinions on it. So uh, the, here's the, as far as I can tell, the, the many issues are that um, people sort of think Jay-Z has sold out. Yes. Right? Because there's some sort of money component to this uh, for Jay-Z. I think uh, the NFL having conversations with any smart, powerful black men about how the NFL treats its players and how the NFL treats the black community is helpful. Do I agree with some people who say... Like, why wasn't Colin Kaepernick not a part of this? I'm not saying he has to come in there. It doesn't have to be a Jay-Z song featuring Colin Kaepernick, you know? But, like, why? Like, just the idea that Jay-Z didn't go, yeah, the first thing I did is I went and sat down with a guy who prior to me's face has been on the NFL doesn't care about black people campaign, and I talked with him, and then I... Went and talked with the commissioner. I'm not saying it had to be, but like, it does seem weird to me that Jay-Z wasn't like, hey man, want to pick your brain before I go in. Yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing meetings the last couple weeks. You know that. Sure. I have called people that I know worked with certain people and said, hey man, what's the deal with this person? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? It seems weird to me. And it would have been an easy sell at the end. It seems easy to me for Jay-Z to go, yeah, dude, I called him. We talked for a half hour. I told him the situation. Then I went and talked to Goodell. Do I think that this means that Jay-Z is a sellout and he's abandoned black people, that he didn't do that and blah, blah, blah? No, I don't think so. Well, but listen, like, is Jay-Z not... Jay-Z is a business man, right? Like, Not a business man. Like, he is probably in it for the money. He's been in everything for the money. I don't think he made fucking, you know, S. Dot Carters because he was trying to, like, put shoes on the feet of black men. I think he was trying to sell sneakers. I think he's trying to sell albums. Well, he's trying to sell art, sell real estate, whatever, he's, whatever business he's been in. Well, also, we live in this age where everybody wants to make everything black and white. Which is ironic that I use that term for this situation, but it, you know, it's not. Is my point? Like everyone says, "Oh, it's good," or he's a sellout. Well, can it be something in between? Right. Why can't it be something in between? It 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 is something in between, and I think he could have easily avoided just some of the backlash by just saying, "Like, yeah, I'm gonna have a phone call with the guy who was like the NFL is trying to make me the face of this." Why don't I call the guy 
who the NFL blackballed. And the Colin Kaepernick is the sole reason Jay-Z's current position with the NFL exists. Sure. Fact? Ex- yeah. So just call the dude. Yeah. Call the dude on the phone. And if he says, hey, man, I don't want you doing this because this and this and this, then Jay-Z can say that and say, I'm doing it anyway because I still think this could help people or whatever. But just, it's not that hard to make a fucking phone call. Yeah, just reach out. I feel ya. So I think everybody's right. Very, very strong opinions. And everybody's wrong. You know? Yeah. It's like, this isn't, doesn't have to be this whole, oh. Like, now there's, like, team beefs, the Kenny Stills. Jay Z songs are like, just seems weird. Well, it's it, it's kind of like we see this in politics a lot. If you're a big anti Donald Trump person, and he does something with that you might actually agree with, suddenly you don't agree with that thing anymore. Yeah, and yeah. it's like what? Uh, it's confusing. People people they they want to just double and triple down on this one idea or viewpoint whereas they don't want to see things from a few different angles and exactly that's how i think this is um at the end of the day people have forgotten jay-z supposedly had turned down previous super bowl performances let's not forget that no one's talking about that so my argument would be if Jay-Z turned down money and exposure to perform at the Super Bowl within the last couple of years, maybe this isn't 100% about money. Maybe he is trying to do something good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, well, when he turns down a Super Bowl appearance and his wife goes and does it anyway, like they still got the check, man. Okay, fair enough. Right? Like, yeah, good point. Fair enough. I just, this idea of like, fuck Jay-Z, he's an ultimate sellout. I'll never listen to his music again. It's like, what? And you are right, dude. Business rules at the end of the day. Uh, Jay Z has never really been uh, shy about. It. Like he has a song called Tom Ford. Yeah. Like he, he he does commercials for people. Yeah. Like he has always. Sure. And that's fine. And also, if his popularity from his music career and his whatever is what is the reason they reach out to him and they say, hey, you know. We watched you on the Letterman thing. We've seen interviews with you. You're a smart guy. You're in touch with, you know, the black community. Seems like you could be somebody to help us. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah. I'm in. Just call Colin Kaepernick. Just call him. Yeah, I agree. Give him a call. You know, I'm all about strong business relationships, Prano. I'm all about them, especially when it comes to Brooke Lennon. You get those sheets yet? Where Brooklyn and that? I was hoping you would do that. I was hoping you would do that. We're talking about Jay Z from Brooklyn, and that is where these sheets come from. This is true. A husband and wife from Brooklyn. This is all true. Created Brooklyn and Sheets, which I love. They sent us an amazing whole set from sheets to pillowcases to duvet covers. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Love them. So soft. I went with the graphite color. What'd you get? I got a like a check like a box situation, like a checkered. 
Ooh. situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the exact uh, exact name. Well, they got twelve beautiful linen colors and patterns to choose from, guys. It's in their name, so you know it's good. Brooklinen's newest linen collection is amazing. I couldn't recommend their products more. For graduates, newlyweds, friends or family, or treating yourself to the bedroom upgrade you deserve. Dirtballs, if you need new sheets, and I know a lot of you savages do, I've met you guys. You're living like complete nutter, degenerates. The sheet game at Brooklinen will upgrade your life. Simply go to brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. They're giving an exclusive offer just for the Dirtballs. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code DIRTY at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Jay-Z has 99 problems, but you know what one of them won't be? That lifetime warranty because you have it for life. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code DIRTY at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code DIRTY. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. And I can vouch for that. I have used sheets from uh, other brands I'm not going to say. The Brooklinen has totally stepped up my game and... Uh, you could They're say the I, sheets. You could say I'm crazy in love with them. See what you did there? I don't <laughs> like it. You ready to get some dirt fall calls? Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's throw on those headphones, fam. That's our intro song. <laughs> Classic Ruther. You know, forget, forget the uh, Dirtball Calls intro song because I don't know where it's at. All right, let's get to the actual calls, Prano. We got a few. Where we want to start? Okay, we'll, we'll start. Uh, we'll start with this one. This is a good, easy start. What's up, guys? Uh. Randy, number one, uh, Fort Lewis, Dirtball. Um, sorry, I'm kind of drunk right now. You know, Army life makes you an alcoholic. Army life. Um, but I was just wondering, do you guys have, like, a favorite, uh, like, broadcaster, like, sportscaster, and, like, a like a phrase or whatever that they say? Like, mine, personally, is Mike Breen. Uh, whenever he's announced basketball and he says, like, the bang thing. Like, I love, like, when someone hits, like, a clutch three. And, like, for example, like, Curry. Like, he's like, Curry, bang! I love that shit. Uh, I just wanted to know if there's anybody that you guys love hearing uh, call games and, like, if they have, like, a certain thing that they say that you guys love. Uh, anyways, uh, stay dirty, boys. Bye. I know we've done this before. Yeah. Because I've, I've said I like Marv Alvarez. Yes! But you don't like that. It's fine. It's fine. I, I I'm a Marv Albert yes fan. I love Mike Breen Bang. It's it's great. Uh I mean Bill Walton throwing it down. Throw it down is great. Uh I'm I'm biased, but uh I love Gary Cohen, uh who's the Mets broadcaster. It's out of here. That's he's the it's it's a very similar uh 
feel to Mike Breen Bang. It's just like it's the raising of the level until the it's out of here kind of loses it. It's very Mike Breen Bangish. Um, those are yeah. I guess anything Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson is great. Yeah, rise and fire. My name's Al Harrington. Was that it? Yeah, and I get buckets. Uh, the kiss. That's uh, what's his name on uh with a kiss, Bill Raftery. Raftery, that's yeah. a good one. The kiss, with good. a kiss, onions. He onions also, is good. He, he also says onions. That's a good one. Yeah, those are all good ones. All right, let's get to some. Uh, let's get to some some shade towards me. Okay. What's up, guys? Corbin from Colorado. I just want to call in on hate on Andy for a little bit. I'm just so confused on why he got so salty with uh, with Perks in the Dak Prescott episode. I was just like, like, dude, like, Perks is by far the best intern the Dirty Sports has had. I'm sorry, Chabelli. I'm sorry, sorry, Trevor. I'm sorry, EJ. I think that was his name. I don't even know that one. But Perks by far is the best intern that we've had, and all Andy does is hate on him, you know? You just hate to see things like that. Anyways, stay dirty. That's just not true, first of all. This is not true at all. I don't just hate on him. Do I mock his ridiculous eating habits and his ridiculous love of the claw? Yeah, I do. It's also a show, bro. Like, can we just be honest? Yeah, let's talk about it. You, you... Like, we do things for entertainment value. But you also... There's definitely a Andy versus the intern, no matter who the intern is. Like you've always been, you've always been, you've always attacked the interns. Yeah, I have fun with it. Right? You, you, but, the, but you, I also, like you, you created an entire game to mock Shabelli. You and Trevor uh, were like an old married couple. Like, no, you and I are more like an old married couple. Uh, you and Trevor go, you and Trevor go to the mats. EJ escaped your wrath simply because Trevor was around. So EJ got a little bit of love from you because. You were all you were just battling Trevor. EJ was here four episodes, right? And then I'm good with Aaron. Aaron does. I've already said Aaron does an amazing job. He knows this. I tell him that. He he's, he and I agree with, with Corbin. He's done a better job than any intern as far as his uh, his work ethic, how organized he is, how meticulous he is with giving me notes from the show. Yeah, I, I've never knocked that. I wish he was here. I tried to get him here, but he's in school again, mm-hmm. so he had class. No, I bust his balls. Yeah, dude, are his eating habits ridiculous? Yeah, I'm going to make fun of him for that. Just like I was busting Nick D'Alessandro's balls a little, uh, you know, over the trip for some of the things he, like, like I'm a ball buster, you know? But it doesn't mean I also don't give him positive feedback. <laughs> what is this look you're giving me right now? <laughs> you're just giving me this death stare. I'm just saying. I think I think you have uh I think it's part of the I think it's part of the Andy Ruther thing is like you're going to bring in when it's me and you you know it's it's certainly we certainly go back and forth but we've talked about it like even when we go when we deal with dirt balls you'll be like dirt balls say shit to me that that I say to you and then and it pisses you off and rightfully so because they have I've known you for 10 years and I can say some shit to you yeah. that they can't. I think that you enjoy 
getting an intern in here, having the intern in for so that, that when the shit starts running downhill, that there's another man under you. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't deny that. I love ball busting, for sure. You know. So you feel like you owe Twerks an apology? No, not at all. And, and also, and, and, and Aaron's great, and he takes it, he handles it great. And you know, we both come from bigger families. That's how it works, dude. You, you ball bust with siblings. And that's how I look at it. It's, 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 it doesn't come from a mean intent. Intent is important here, guys. My shit with fucking Trevor, yeah, probably fucking mean. I'm not going to deny that. Like, with Aaron, it's just ball busting. He knows he does a great job. I know he does a great job. I tell him that. Say you love Trevor. Just say, just say Trevor. Just look right in the camera and say, Trevor, I love you. And you should drink whatever you want. Trevor? Uh, uh, Aaron, sorry. You probably, yeah. owe, Tre- you probably owe Trevor yeah, one. Yeah, I love Aaron, of course. I love twerks. He, and he can't drink whatever he wants. It doesn't mean I'm still not going to bust his balls. You know. I mean, this this whole notion that we can't bust balls a little. If I was constantly a dick to him, right. it'd be different. Man. I don't even know what was said that episode. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> it was the episode... It was the one before Sean Merriman came on. Yeah. So it would have been last... Two episodes ago. I don't fucking know. Anyway, let's let's play another call. Hey, what's up, boys? Sounds like you got a good time in Texas. Just uh, wanted to call it up. So is Ruther going to attach the L-chain to a butt plug and kind of have it dangling out like a little lucky rabbit's paw from his asshole? Or I'm just curious. I don't, you know, yeah. How do you fit something up there like that? Are you going to be shitting pancakes the rest of your life after this, Ruther? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Stay dirty, boys. Okay. What else we got? <laughs> I, I, the reason I'm playing that, that's Kukmeyer, who also wants us to come down to... Uh, Anaheim. I, I, Guys, again, I'm confident. I, we went over this last episode. Odell needs four straight 1,500-yard seasons to tie him. Well, to, yeah. But... That I mean, that's that's sort of saying that he's playing four more seasons and that AB's done now, which he's probably not neither true for either one of them. Exactly. Who we got next? Okay, Zach Olmstead has left a few calls. I all I don't. It's so dirty. I almost want to play the one they left about. Riley Reed, she's a porn star, but it's All right, play it. It's so dirty. It's so dirty. How? I think I don't Let's remember. Just play it. Okay. You have it on the rundown. But he left another one. Okay. Yeah, I just called this little guy again. Hold on, hold on. They're they're hammered. Yo, dirty. Yo, star. we're calling from way down south, uh, down state New York. I guess I was just wondering. What does Riley Reed's back tattoo mean? Like, I go to bed at night, and I just look at her back after I jerk off, and I watch her get fucking plowed out by BBC. And I'm just like, what does her back tattoo mean? Like, I just sit and ponder all night, and I was just wondering what you guys think about, what do you think Riley Reed's back tattoo means? Like, there's a lot of mysteries in the world. There's, like, we wonder how, like, JFK got shot, and we wonder, like, what, this, what, what sunk the Titanic, but, like, 
we don't like to hear we we don't debate what Riley Reed's back tattoo means. And I'm just wondering, like, there's a lot of great mysteries of the world, like fuck aliens and and like I mean, get me bitch. Fuck Joe Rogan's podcast because it's fucking just like whoa 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 the same thing. But like, what does Riley Reed's back tattoo mean? I know what it means. You guys don't know what Google is. Riley Reed's back tattoo. It literally, if you put it in, if you just put Riley Reed's back tattoo, the the first thing is from May fifth, twenty seventeen. What does Riley Reed's back tattoo mean? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yeah. I mean, and he's the smartest dirtball. <laughs> <laughs> we were just we were discussing how smart Olmstead is. Prano was letting me know how smart you are, and then you leave this call. That that upstate New York crew. Yardley, Olmstead, Eckerd, is that the crew? Yeah, and and Lagoy. And Lagoy. Wild. Three one five crew. Gang gang. They don't have Google on three one five. Apparently not. All right. Motivational speech. Okay. Here's the question. What's up, Joe and Andy? Ethan here, number one after Bard in State College. And uh, I just saw that Stephen A. Smith went to Alabama to give the football team a motivational speech. And uh, that was kind of funny to me that that's the guy that they're bringing in to give guys motivation. But, like, whatever. Um, so my question for you guys is if you guys could bring in – so let's say you guys were coaching a team. Obviously, Joe, you coach baseball. Let's say you got to bring in a guy to speak to your team. Who are you bringing in? That's a question for you guys. Condoms are for Sam Tripoli and obviously Joe Bartnick. <laughs> the Bartnick this. I like Bartnick. Leave Joe Bartnick alone. Free Joe Bartnick from the dirtball grasp. Who was the first uh, condoms are for Joe Bartnick? Was that what's his name? Fucking uh, Jersey kid, Jersey tyke. I think it was uh, Bruder. Yeah. Make America Great Again, fucking Bruder was. By the way, if 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 anybody doesn't remember he, the name Bruder, Bruder he, was a was one of the original hockey correspondents. He was also the kid in the MAGA hat who was grinning in the face of that Native American down in the. I think it was, was it Jake DC. Bruder. Yeah, Jake Bruder. I think he started the condoms or four. Bruder Brothers, uh, motivational speech. So who's giving a motivational? Are we talking speech? legit? Yeah, I guess so. Dude, David Goggins, man. Which I know he went to Alabama. I, you know, that's my guy. He's nuts. This is a guy who's just like, I used to be fat, and I started working out. You could be fucking not fat, too. Yeah, but I know he gave a speech to Alabama's team last year. He's up there for me. Dude's nuts. I, like, I think a lot of those type of people are good that maybe aren't sports. They're just like wild dudes. How about uh, trying to think of like a great, the great fucking, you know, pump up speeches that we've heard over the years. Like, well, I'll tell you who's last on the list. Jameis Winston. (laughs) Jameis Winston's the very last person I would pick to motivate. Uh, How about Joe Kane from the program? 
Good dive there. Good dive? Deep dive. Show Kane from the program. Ray Lewis makes me laugh. Everyone talks about how good he is. I would just laugh. Yeah. You can see, if you watch a bunch of Ray Lewis's speeches, you can almost see the smirks from guys like a Joe Flacco. Yeah. We're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, here? dude, chill out. You know, they talk about Breeze a lot. Breeze doesn't get me his turn. I'll be honest, man. We've been critical of, of hard knocks. I like Gruden's speeches, though. He's okay. He's okay. He's like, he's, he's, it's just too much of a dichotomy of a personality where he's like, oh, hey, 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 hey you're grinding out there today. Oh, grind, like you're balding and you're grinding or whatever. He's like, hey, fucking play hard. And you're like, what the fuck? I thought we're, everybody was cool here. And then he's like, we need to be fucking better. Knock on wood if you're with me. And you're like, are you, are you manic depressive? Like, what are you bipolar? Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. He's like too nice. And then he's swearing at you. Which, look, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a move. I get it. It's a move. I almost think like the mo- the the cool motivations like even better. Like everybody always talks about the Joe Montana and the Super Bowl with the John Candy thing. Just like just put everybody at ease. Like it's fucking. It's just football, guys. Who gives a shit? Let's go. I wonder what kind of speeches Belichick gives. They're not going to be rah rah. No. Just do your fucking job. Yeah. Like that type of thing. Yeah. I bet I bet he's great for that, though. It's cool, but it's also very direct and frank. I'm trying to think of some other ones. I'm thinking NBA right now. I, I've, I always had a pretty straightforward approach to... I mean, baseball's not a real rah-rah fucking sport but i always had a pretty low-key approach kind of belichick in like do your job you know you win you get ice cream you lose you get ice cream but if you lose you're just fucking losers eating ice cream so don't be losers eating ice cream you know it's just fucking be the winners yeah just go out there and be better than they are ready go all right 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. We're back here for a minute, right? Are you in San Diego coming up? Yeah, but I won't miss any episodes of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Gotcha. All right. iTunes reviews. If you leave your handle for Instagram or Twitter, we will send you two koozies in the mail. Thanks to everybody leaving those iTunes reviews. Same Same thing for sending a screenshot of any of our promo codes. I will uh, send you two koozies. And my apologies. I wish I had koozies. I didn't pack any. I would love to give them out to everybody on the trip down in Texas. But you know what? If you were a dirtball, how about this, Joe? If you were a dirtball in Texas and you don't have koozies and you met us out, just DM me. Yeah. I'd love to send you guys some koozies. It's the least I can do for you guys almost having Joe miss his flight for being fucking so. We didn't even come close to missing our flight. I know. You were in bad shape, though. Yeah, and I survived. I know. I was con- I was concerned. I didn't throw up. I didn't yeah. pass out. I was fine. Yeah, it's all good. I'm all for it. You got to take two for the team. I get it. It's not easy. Joe. On, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Prano on Instagram at Fix Your Life on Twitter JoePrano.com for shows San Diego uh, Comedy Store in La Jolla with Eddie Ift. I believe that's the. 
seventh, eighth, ninth, sixth, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth of uh, September. So just a couple weeks away, but lots of shows between now and then in uh, in LA if you're uh, a Southern California dirtball. And then um, yeah, that's it. Cool. At Andy Ruther, Twitter, Instagram at the Dirty Sports guys. If you are still listening, give us a follow on Instagram, please. I noticed dirtballs we literally just met just started following the Dirty Sports Instagram blinking guy meme. And uh, I know you you stuffed the my play-by-play call or my color call into the last episode. Uh, I put I put video uh, that Nick Nick D'Alessandro synced up with uh, my Walton portion of that call on my Instagram. So uh, if you go back and check out uh, you know two posts ago on my Instagram, you can see me doing Walton in that in that clip. Yeah. So, so check, check it, it out. out. Go check it out on Joe's Instagram. All right, Dirtballs, that is the show. Have a great weekend, and most importantly, stay dirty.